Patriots, assemble! We don't mess around. We don't waste time. Over here at His Hard Line. Let's go! from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Welcome to the show. Let's get started. Greetings and salutations to all you ladies and gentlemen out there. I am Jason, your co-host with our sovereign Lord and Savior Christ Jesus at our side because he is the host with the most and he is the most high. He is the one in charge. He is in the captain's chair, and he's at the helm and behind the wheel. Therefore, he is steering this great ship through these crazy rough waters that we call life. So welcome to His Hard Line. Today is Tuesday, July 4th, July 4th, 2023. So happy Independence Day, or at least whatever independence we do have. And you are listening to episode 571, EO13818, still in play, and Today's reading will be Psalm 42. So uh, before we get right into it, let's get into the daily disclaimer just for all the Karens and Darrens out there. So as usual, I want to clarify that I am not a doctor, holistic health expert, financial advisor, pastor, priest, deacon, biblical scholar, or a lawyer. I'm none of those. I don't possess any titles of nobility or offer legal advice. And I do not have a political degree. I don't have any involvement with any government agencies like the CIA or FBI. And while, I'm, while I am a member of the Michigan General General Assembly and advocate for participation in local General General Assemblies, I am not the official representative of any national, state, or county assembly. I want to emphasize also that I have no affiliation with other groups. I try to mimic uh, what we're doing, like the American States Assembly, National Liberty, Life Force, Beacon 37, RUSA or any other assemblies that try to do what we're doing outside of the Michigan model. I have never participated in any fraudulent status correcting associated with AVR, Bobby Lawrence, or David Strait and Company. Furthermore, I do not endorse or advocate for violence. So please note that the opinions, thoughts, and statements expressed here are solely my own unless otherwise referenced. So there you go to all the Karens and Darrens out there. So Okay, so happy 4th of July, ladies and gentlemen. Happy Independence Day. Um, as much as I'd like to say, uh, listen, here's the thing, not going to take away what this day actually represents because it is a good day um, considering the fact of what our founding fathers, uh, what they what they worked so hard for uh, when they fled, you know, tyranny back in their day. But unfortunately, We've been very complacent and we've been asleep at the wheel and we've been letting the same people that they fled come over here and take over our country. And it's bullcrap. And it's time that we take this nation back by reassembling our states. I mean, this is what we have to do, ladies and gentlemen. We need 38 states out of the 50 states. Okay, I don't know if you realize how important that is. When we get our 38 states, that means you and I, we the people, we will be back in power where the military is subordinate to the voice of we the people. But until that happens, until that happens, we're going to keep seeing this nonsense 
garbage take place. Okay. It is that important because the day that I truly celebrate Independence Day is the day we get our de jure Republican form of government back where our assembly of states and the people are truly back in charge. Then I will celebrate Independence Day. Until then, I will just give it a simple recognition. I will give the respect that it's due because of our, you know, forefathers, right? But honestly, I, there's really nothing that I feel like celebrating until we get our states. And like Destry was saying, we do need all 50. 38 states just allows us to flex some muscles, but we have to get 50 states. We have to get the 50 states. See, Oscar was just saying, just finished watching Sound of Freedom and passed out some literature to those that had watched it with us. Yeah, you know, my mother, father-in-law, and my wife's aunt rushed today. Um, to go watch it. Uh, I have not seen it yet. Maybe this Friday, I'm hoping that maybe uh, my mother-in-law will watch our daughter because we're going to go to the cottage and spend some time there. Um, remember, just a, another reminder, tomorrow is Wednesday. I will not be on the air tomorrow. My my good friend, Aaron, who has his ministry, Line in the Sand, that works with men who are dealing with uh, pornography addictions and, and dealing with that. I'm going to go out there and um, share my testimony. He wanted me to come out there and share, you know, my, my story and, uh, my victory. Cause he feels like his story is kind of a little too numb for everybody. Um, and he wants another story. You know, he wants somebody else that has had that victory to kind of help these men, you know, um, have hope. Right. And so there will be no show tomorrow. There will be no show on Friday or Saturday either. Okay, because we have a state face to face meeting on Saturday and Friday. Uh, well, we're just going to go to the cottage and do some fishing. But, yeah, I want to go see that movie. So I'm hoping I'm hoping. Um, oh, wait a minute. If Destry can get a download of Destry, hook a brother up. All right. Uh, don't forget your boy down here in the in the Michigan state here. I, I want to see. So uh, but anyways, so. You know, there's a lot of crazy stuff going on. Um, I don't know if you guys have paid attention what's going on overseas with uh, in France, and it's kind of spilling over into Belgium and um, the Netherlands, but there's some crazy stuff going on over there. Um, and I think it, you know, here's the thing. I mean, we live without a doubt in very, very tumultuous times. There's so many events that are unfolding across the world. And it's pretty crucial that we acknowledge the magnitude of the changes that's taking place, because not only are we witnessing concerns about the future of, you know, what happened of, you know, well, first off, the concerns of what happened in our previous election, right, in 2020, that people are still hung up on, which, again, if anybody's talking about 2024, which that is a whole conversation I'll never get into. Hell, I don't even... The 2020 is pretty messed up, but again, you know, I'm kind of stuck in de jure land and that's all de facto land. But the thing is, is that, you know, nobody should be talking about 2024 because 2020 was, you know, it was rigged. And so, and Destry was saying right here, they are running a test in France that test, that test no good for here because we are armed yeah that's true i mean the 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 cabal the the people that are part of the international banking community right the 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 elite they're trying to stir crap all around the world and people are starting to wake up and you know we have a lot of unresolved issues here in our own country and Unless people wake up, I mean, we we could very well face that same kind of crap. But, you know, the other thing is that we're really confronted, you know, we could be confronted or we are confronted with reports of, like I said, there's civil unrest happening in France and it's spilling over into other countries. In fact, I think France, they were talking about shutting down the Internet as a response to all that. See, you know, these global events are not isolated events. And I think they're indicative of a worldwide awakening to the mass criminality and the oppression that's perpetrated by the powerful international bankers and the elite families. 
you know, the veil of manipulation seems to be, you know, the veil of manipulation and control seems to slowly be lifted as each country and its people are starting to kind of uncover the truth, if you will. And so in the face of these revelations, if you will, you know, we, we, we got to remember not to lose sight of the timeless wisdom that is found in Psalm 42, which is what we're going to be reading here, by the way, because it's during these trying times that we need to seek God's guidance, both individually and collectively, because as we restore our faith and our Republic and we get the power back uh, into the hands of we, the people, you know, we need to remain prepared for any potential disruptions that might come our way. And we're hearing the, you know, the possibility that there may be bank shutdowns, you know, for two to three weeks. And Destry was just saying right here in the chat that the shutdown, you know, the, the, the shutdown of the internet, they will shut down the internet. So the rest of the world cannot witness what's going on there. But like he was just saying, they cannot shut down Starlink, and he happens to be a a Starlink uh, user. I wish I could say the same. I don't have that. What do I got? I got some crappy internet service here. But again, we need to remain vigilant. We need to be prepared. We need to make sure we always have cash on hand because they're talking about bank shutdowns, right? We need to make sure we have non-perishable foods on hand gas stored up especially if you have a generator i mean look i don't know what's to come but it's better to be prepared and not need your you know your storehouse than need your storehouse and you know not have anything in it but you know we also need to remember that strength lies also in the unity in our unwavering trust in you know divine providence because together as we navigate these you know troubled waters as we call it you know we could strive for a world where full disclosure justice prosperity and freedom prevails but i think it's going to come where things are going to get a little tough first so i wish i had a timeline i don't I have no idea what's going to, you know, when anything's going to pop off, but it's, it's, it's certainly very interesting. But before we get further into that discussion, let's get into the Bible reading. So Psalm 42. So if you remember, I, I read the first book of Psalms, book one, uh, chapters one through 41. So there's three books. So now we're starting with the second book. I felt, I thought that was kind of appropriate. So we're going to work our way through the second book and then. And then we'll get into something else, and then eventually we'll come back, and then we'll finish off the third book. So Psalm 42, and it reads, As the deer pants for the water brook, so pants my soul for you, O God, and my soul thirsts for God, for the living God. And when shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night, while they continually say to me, Where is your God? When I remember these things, I pour out my soul within me. For I used to go with the multitude. I went with him to the house of God with the voice of joy and praise and with the multitude that kept the pilgrim feast. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. O my God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore, I will remember you from the land of of the Jordan and from the heights of Hermon. From the hill Mizar. Deep calls unto deep at the noise of your waterfalls. All your waves and billows have gone over me. The Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime, and in the night his song shall be with me, a prayer to the to the God of my life. I will say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As with a breaking of my bones, my enemies reproach me while they say to me all day long, where is your God? Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him to help of my continence and my God. And that is the reading of Psalm 42, verses 1 through 11. 
Now, Psalm 42 expresses the psalmist's deep, deep longing for God in the midst of challenges and questioning. And so the psalmist in this particular writing, the psalmist's soul is thirsting for the living God. While tears become their food day and night, they remember times of joy and praise, and but yet they also face reproach and oppression from their enemies. And so despite feeling cast down, the psalmist encourages their soul to find hope in God's love and kindness and to trust in his help and presence. Deep calls unto deep, and the psalmist resolves to remember God's faithfulness and praises him. Now, what are some of the key learning lessons we can take away from this? Longing for God, the psalmist here, like I said, had a deep yearning for God, and it reminds us of our innate longing for something greater than ourselves, right? Because it teaches us to seek God in our lives and to recognize, excuse me, to recognize that our souls find true fulfillment in him. Now, another takeaway here is how we have to have hope in the midst of challenges. Because even during times of tears, questioning and reproach, reproach, the psalmist here holds on to hope in God. See, this teaches us the importance of placing our hope and trust in God's love and kindness and knowing that he can sustain us through difficult times no matter what. Another point that we need to remember is the remembrance of God's faithfulness because it, it helps us find solace in remembering God's faithfulness in the past. And this reminds us to reflect on God's goodness and his faithfulness in our own lives, which can strengthen our faith and provide comfort in times of distress. Then there's the community and support aspect of it, which, you know, in this chapter, it recalls the joy and the praise that's experienced in the community of believers. And this emphasizes the importance of finding support and encouragement in the company of fellow believers. And as we journey together and lift each other up, it's very, very important that we have that community. This is why they want to keep us divided, because they, being the cabal elite international bankers, they don't want us united. They want us divided because they don't want us seeking unity and comfort among each other. They don't want that at all. Then we need to remember the lesson of unyielding faith, because despite facing uh, reproach and opposition, the, the psalmist in this writing here stands firm in their faith, unyielding like the breaking of bones. And this should encourage us. It should encourage us to hold fast to our beliefs, even when facing challenges, and to trust in God's help and strength, especially in today's world. There's so many people that seem to lose hope very, very quickly. Why? I think personally, it's because there's so many voices out there, especially in the podcast world, that have given so much false hope, given timelines, telling you trust the plan, get your popcorn, you're watching a show. Granted, I'm going to tell you, yes, it's all kabuki theater, but I'm not going to sit here and tell you, enjoy the show and grab your popcorn and trust the plan. No, be part of the plan. Why do you think we discuss the assembly of states here in reassembling? You have to be part of the plan. The military is waiting on you, not the other way around. We should not be waiting on the military. The military is waiting on you and I. Now, where have you heard that from? Um, Pretty much nowhere. Nowhere. Literally, the military, the good white hat men and women military, okay, because there are different factions within the military, so not everybody. Let me just clarify But the people who know what's going on and who are working with we the people, who are working closely side by side with President Donald John Trump, commander in chief, they're waiting on us. And we got to get our butts in gear to get this going. No matter what kind of challenges we're facing in our own states, we have to keep it going. We need to keep seeking God's help and strength through all this. Here's another thing we need to remember from this reading is the power of praise. See, not a lot of people really take time to praise 
God. Even despite their circumstances, you know, it reminds us of the transformative power that comes with praise and worship. It is through praising God that our souls will find comfort, strength, and a renewed perspective. And so overall, the psalm teaches us to seek God's presence in our lives, to hold on to hope in challenging times, to remember God's faithfulness, and to find support and community to maintain unyielding faith and to experience the transformative power of praise. Now, hold on a second. I thought... Before I get into the discussion, did I see a call-in come in? Oh, I thought I saw. I thought I saw Destry was trying to call in. I was gonna, I was gonna answer that call. He must have, must have hit a wrong button. <laughs> Destry, call back in. Oh wait, now, now it looks like he got booted off. I wonder what happened. Oh, there he is. Hey, Destry, did you try calling in, or did you hit a wrong button? I was gonna answer. Oh, he said no. Yeah, it showed that you were calling in. It was interesting. I was going to hit answer. <laughs> anyway, so pocket dial. <laughs> you pocket dialed me. That's awesome. So um, where do I want to go at with this? So here's the thing. We're going to dive into a little bit of an intriguing analysis from an article that I read from the Motley Fool now, I don't really put a lot of stock in a lot of any, really anything these days on the internet, but I did come across this article and I read through it. And the article was discussing how the U.S. money supply and its potential implications for the stock market. Now, the article that I read, it highlighted a significant development that hasn't been seen since the Great Depression. Like, what I'm talking about here is a decline in the M2 money supply. Well, what's the M2 money supply? Well, that includes cash, coins, savings accounts, money markets, and CDs, right? Certificates of deposits that are below $100,000. So the M2 money supply experienced a substantial increase during the scamdemic that we all know as COVID-19, right? And, and the reason that it was increased during that time was because it was fueled by stimulus measures that injected capital into the economy at an extraordinary pace. Now, the latest data reveals that there had been a decline of 4.1% from its peak in July of 2022. Now, one might argue that this decrease could actually simply be a reversion to the mean, right, after the historic expansion during the pandemic, but history tells us kind of a different story. Now, since 1870, there have only been four instances where the M2 money supply contracted by at least 2%. And what these instances have in common is that they were followed by deflationary recessions. Now, granted, two of them occurred before the establishment of the Federal Reserve, so the understanding of the monetary policy has, I guess you could kind of say, evolved over time, but not really. But still, the combination of declining money supply and the above average inflation rates is far from ideal. So when there are fewer dollars that are available to purchase goods and services, consumers and businesses tend to buy less. Now, this historically speaking has been a recipe for a recession or even a depression. Now, that article that I was reading, it also kind of pointed out that there that other money-based indicators that are signaling signaling potential trouble for Wall Street, which is criminal, by the way, but whatever. And the U.S. commercial bank credit, which has been steadily rising over the past 50 years, is now showing signs of decline. Well, well, well. Now, when banks tighten their lending standards, capital becomes harder to come by. Lending 
to slower economic growth or even kind of a recession, right? And similarly, there are clear signs of bank hesitance in providing commercial and industrial loans to large and middle market companies. Now, this tightening of lending standards in this area has often coincided with previous U.S. recessions. So these indicators, from what I was reading in this article, along with the decline of the M2 money supply, it suggests that the ingre- it suggests that the ingredients for a U.S. recession are present. Which no kidding. And then let's not also forget that the U.S. dollar, or we should call it the Federal Reserve, you know, debt note, that fiat currency that we have, um. It's slowly being looked at as not being, it's not being used worldwide to purchase oil, right? Like other other countries are using different are using currencies that are backed by gold. The U.S. dollar is no longer going to be the reserve currency. People are losing faith in it, and yeah, just like Nancy S was saying here, it's monopoly money. It's funny money. It's garbage. You might as well burn it in your fireplace. That's how crappy it is. But unfortunately, we still need it to play in this stupid sandbox, which more like a litter box. But, you know, still we need it. That's why I always advocate for people to transition that garbage paper in for some precious metals at minimum something. And so, you know, historically, we've seen stock market losses have been most pronounced in the months following the official declaration of a recession. Now, it's important to consider the perspective of investment timeframes, too. Now, this article reminds us that stock market downturns, while unsettling to most who still don't know the truth of the stock market, but I digress, are normal parts of the investing cycle. And throughout history, major indexes such as the Dow Jones Industrial Average have experienced significant declines, but have ultimately worked their way up back to all-time highs. Okay, that's fine. And the lesson here that they're talking about here is have patience. Got to have patience. It'll come back. It'll bounce back up. Okay, sure, it has. But we got to remember, despite the uncertainty surrounding market downturns, the number, the numbers game of the stock market has proven that over the long run that the major indexes tend to rise to new highs. Now, while it's impossible to predict the exact timing, duration, and magnitude of market declines and historical evidence suggests that being patient and allowing time to work in your favor can lead to wealth creation unmatched on Wall Street. This is, I think, one of the reasons why Dave Ramsey always advocates for um, – not annuities, what's that other investment vehicle? Uh, Mutual funds, right? He talks about dollar cost averaging. Okay, that's fine and dandy, but we need to remember the stock market is still a player's game by the elite. That's a fixed rigged system. Careful playing with that basket of snakes. So basically, in conclusion, after reading that article, The analysis presented in this article raises valid concerns about the U.S. money supply. See, it seems like a lot of people are taking more of their money out because they don't trust the banks. They don't trust what's coming. And so, you know, the lending standards and a potential, you know, there's there's potential recessionary signals that are there. And investors should carefully consider these indicators and consult. Now, remember what I said at the beginning. Go back to my daily disclaimer. I am not a financial advisor. This is just simply a little bit of an analysis from this article I read from the Motley, uh, uh, the Motley Fool. Okay. So even though I'm not a financial expert or professional or anything like that, always consult with your own financial professional to make informed investment decisions. So you got to remember, though, the stock market can be very tumultuous ride. And those who remain in it could possibly get bitten pretty hard from it. Or if you remain patient, you could possibly be rewarded too in the end. But here's the thing. We're getting to a point now where the, we're getting to a point 
where the systems are going to fall down completely. And that whole patience game that the, the, the article was talking about. See, I find it interesting. It seems like they're trying to deceive people. Don't worry. The market's going to crash, but remain patient. I don't think we're going to come back from it, to be quite frank with you. And like I said, just to reiterate, disclaimer, the information that was provided in that summary from that article is for informational purposes only and should not be considered financial advice. So, again, always consult with a qualified financial professional before making any investment decisions. Me personally, I prefer precious metals. That's the hedge against the falling dollar. Now, here's something interesting. Now, this was this was what was indicated, again, from that article. But we need to remember that the stock market operates and capitalizes on human trafficking. People don't realize that. The stock market is one of the largest fraudulent schemes to have been created in this world. It, it's something that was created not that long ago, just a little over 100 years ago. I mean, it hasn't really been around that long. Now, personally, I, for one, along with many other people that I know, we choose not to engage in dealing with that stock market. There are many ways that you can hedge your dollar against a failing economy. Again, there are many ways you can hedge your dollar against a free-falling decline, again, in the value of the U.S. federal debt note. Again, you know, precious metals. And eventually, you know, what I eventually would like to look into is, is establishing a business that would help us take us into our golden years. I don't know. We were, we were talking about like a bed and breakfast or something like that because we will always probably continuously work. But overall, I refuse to put our hard, hard-earned money, which was converted by time, by the way, a lot of time with many labored hours to have in it just to be wiped out by a stock market, you know, and, and, and have it be wiped out by cycles of manipulated manipulation by uh, the elite at the top fi fixing this game, right? And they call it investing. Give me a break. I mean, there has been so many people in our middle class that has been wiped out because of this fixed game that they play. I mean, look at what happened in 0809. Now, it makes a guy wonder, okay, because you might be wondering, well, Jason, where, where, where the heck does this all roll into with Executive Order 13818? Because, again, like, I, like the article was talking about, that money is drying up. And, 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 again, it makes a guy wonder if this is what they are trying to, if this is why they're trying to roll out the central bank digital currency, right, the CBDC that's supposedly supposed to roll out this month. Because, again, because of the continual drying up of the M2 money supply, it would make sense of why they would try to roll this out because they would, they would be, that would really honestly be the only mechanism that they would have to help continue, you know, to help try to continue their control over how you spend money, for one, but also to continuously never-ending print of just endless digits of whatever they want, right? Just digital printing all over the place. That's why we need precious metals tied to the dollar because it takes away that ability to have endless printing of fiat worthless dollars. And I think, honestly, this is like their final desperate attempt to try to keep themselves afloat because I think they're losing money because let's, let's think about this for a second. So but to the executive order, that Donald John Trump signed executive EO 13818, right? Because this certainly comes to mind when I was reading this article. Well, what is that? Okay, just as a reminder, the executive order 13818 was an executive order that was signed by President Trump on December 20th, 2017. And it's titled Blocking the Property of Persons Involved in Serious Human Rights Abuse or Corruption. So this executive order declared a national emergency res with respect to serious human rights abuses and corruption around the world. See, I, th I find it very interesting that, you know, with the movie, The Sound of Freedom releasing today, I mean, it all kind of 
flows together in a way because again this is a worldwide global thing that's occurring not just an american thing and so the order authorized the u.s government to impose sanctions on individuals and entities involved in significant human rights abuse or human trafficking or you know sex trafficking or any type of corruption it aimed to target individuals who have engaged in activities in human rights violations and like I said, trafficking, right? That undermine uh, different institutions or, you know, or, or the rule of law. Now, the order also provided a mechanism. Now, here it is. The executive order, 13818, provided a mechanism for freezing assets and money prohibiting U.S. persons from engaging in transactions with designated individuals or entities. So what does that mean? Well, that means if they got caught for for trafficking or, you know, they got caught for any type of corruption, basically any crimes against humanity for that matter. And this is worldwide. Which is why it's such a significant thing why we get our assembly of states, because all this ties together. But these people are getting their funds frozen and they are running out of money. They don't know where to get their money. And again, it makes no, it makes perfect sense why they want to try to roll out CBDC because then it controls money. They, you know, digital, you know, they, they can try to control it digitally. They can try to manipulate it, you know, online and with technology. It, the thing is, is that they are, they are losing their shirts right now, folks. Because again, this executive order freezes their assets and it prohibits them from doing any type of business or transactions worldwide. So executive order 13818 was part of the Trump administration's efforts to combat global corruption and human trafficking and human rights abuses. And it aimed to hold accountable the individuals and entities that were responsible for such actions and to prevent them from benefiting from the U.S. financial system. So you take that on top of the fact that most people aren't even trusting the banking system right now because we have bank failures that are occurring and it's only going to continuously get worse. Let's take a quick listen from a former Army Colonel Douglas McGregor. Let's hear his outlook of what he thinks we will expect leading up to 2024. Now, again, this is a former U.S. Army Colonel, okay, because he also predicts a dire financial situation in which the banks will remain closed for a number of weeks. Let's give this a quick listen to. Hopefully the audio will play this time. You're absolutely right. I don't think we'll ever get to the 2024 election. I think things are going to implode in Washington before then. I think our economic financial condition is fragile. It's gonna come home to roost in ugly ways. I will tell you, I don't know exactly how it will happen. I think we're going to end up in a situation where we find out the banks are closed for two or three weeks and nobody can get into them. You think so? I think we're going to run into something like that, yeah. I also think that the levels of violence and criminality in our cities is so high that it's going to spill over into other places in society. People that normally think they can live remote from the problem are now beginning to be touched by the problem. Then I look at this thing in Ukraine. I think Ukraine is going to lose catastrophically. It's going to be a complete collapse. And that too is going to have an effect here at home because people are going to say, well, wait a minute. Everybody told us Ukraine was winning. Everybody told us X, Y, and Z. I mean, sort of the the Russian hoax on steroids. All of those things are going to come together or converge in some way that's going to prevent us from reaching, you know, the status quo, oh, another election, oh, another set of campaigns and so forth. That's right. So it's very, very interesting to hear what he had to say there. It's very, very, very interesting to hear what they had to say or what he had to say. Look, here's the thing, guys. We don't know what, when, where, how, why. Okay, we don't we don't know what's going to come. We don't know when it's going to come. But here is just a little good sound word of advice. It is not a bad idea to have some provisions and prepare. 
have some cash on hand in case the banks do shut down for a two, a two or three week period. Have provisional food on hand, rice, beans, flour, so you can continue to make sourdough bread. Have water on hand. Okay. Just your basics. Now, how much should you prepare? I, I don't know. They say prepare for at least a month. And I, I don't know. I, I don't know, to be quite honest with you. I mean, I've been pre preparing for the last three years. And now I'm at the point where I have to eat my old stock, our old stock here. So we're getting through all that. And we need to restock it again. You know? Buy maybe an extra couple packs of uh, toilet paper and paper towel from Costco. I don't know what's to come, but here's what I do know. I don't want to be caught with my pants down. Okay, because that would suck. Not only is it embarrassing, but it's like, crap, now you're left vulnerable, and now you need to figure out what's going to be your next move. Now, I'm hoping that it doesn't get to that point. I really, really hope it doesn't get to that point. And yeah, Oscar was saying right here, the hopium is running out for the cabal because people are starting to realize their dirty little secret. Not only is hopium running out, but I think their funds are running out. And I think they're starting to realize that some of their friends are starting to disappear. And I think they're kind of starting to eat their own, if you will. Again, nothing can stop what is coming. And what's coming is true justice for all. And these people are going to hang from a noose once they're apprehended. Well, Jason, you keep talking about the reassembly of states. And why is that so important? Well, because we are the ones that make up the grand jury. We are the ones that make the deliberations. We're the ones that conduct the investigations. We are the ones that actually toss out useless laws that are either incomprehensible or uh, just flat out stupid. It's called jury nullification. We, the people, have that power. And per the Corpus Juris Secundum book, a grand jury de facto cannot exist when there is a grand jury de jure that is in existence. That's ran by you and I, we the people in General Assembly. Just FYI, that's why it's important to get involved with your state assembly. If you want to know more, you can email the show, hishardline at gmail.com, um, and I will forward you to Destry, and he can help you get involved, you know, get in touch with uh, your communication secretary in your state. Or if there's nobody in your state yet, maybe you're that one that's going to get the ball rolling. We need all 50 states, 38 minimum to flex our muscles, but we, we need all 50 states. Are you done riding the coattails of the de facto government? Because riding on their coattails and relying on them to fix our problems, I'm, I'm hoping by now you realize they are the ones that cause the problems, hence why Executive Order 13818 exists by Donald John Trump. He did you know he's the only president? I think I forgot who was it. Reuters. Some some organization did an investigation on all the US presidents. Did you know Trump is the only US president that does not have ties to slavery by the way? I mean the guy it, it, he's clean. I'm not saying he's a perfect man, but I'm just saying his Trump lineage, right? The Trump family lineage clean. And that's provable, by the way. There's facts that back that up. There's evidence that backs that up. But Trump is honoring the will of the people. Don't you forget that. Why do you think he always kept saying that we're going to take the power back from Washington, D.C. and give it back to you, the people? If you go back and you listen to a lot of his his speeches over his time of being president go back and listen to them now knowing what you know now i tell you what gives me goosebumps every time i go back and listen to some of these speeches that he's made 
because of the 21 requisitions that were put forward by the people in general assembly, he's honoring that. And the military is honoring that. And they are kicking ass and taking names and they're getting stuff done. But again, they are waiting for us while they're doing their thing. They're still waiting for us. Like Oscar was saying right here in the chat, take a stand and self-govern, given the power back to you, the people. Again, that was at President Trump's inauguration. I hope people are starting to finally wake the hell up. And I'm loving the fact that they're losing their, their, their assets. Everything's getting frozen. The fact that the M2 money supply that, that is starting to you know decrease tells me a few things. Not only are their assets being seized and dried up, but a lot of people are not having any more faith in the U.S. dollar. They're, they're, the faith in the U.S. fiat you know, debt instrument we call the dollar and faith in the banking institution is starting to decrease. My wife, she's still on uh, TikTok. I'm not, but she's still on TikTok and she's seeing it all over. People are saying, oh, the banks are going to shut down for two weeks. Bank now, granted, you got to take that for a grain of salt, but it makes you wonder. You got to you, you prepare. OK, look, better to be prepared and have it and not need it than need it and not have it. Right. Don't be caught with the pants around your ankles because that's going to be a very crappy situation for you. So I think with all that said, I think we should end this in prayer. So Heavenly Father. Let me grab my cross. Heavenly Father, in the midst of um, our longing and questioning, we come to you in prayer because our souls are indeed thirsting for your presence, especially during the times that we're in. Our hearts are constantly looking for your guidance. And as tears flow from many around the world and doubts are rising up during these troubling times that we are seeing, I can only ask that you help those who need it most to hold on to that hope that comes from knowing you and to remind us of your faithfulness in times past and strengthen our faith to trust in your loving kindness. Help uh, surround us with a community of believers who, who uplift and support each other during this journey. And we ask that you grant us unwavering faith that we may stand firm in the face of reproach, knowing that you are our help and our rock. In all circumstances, may our souls find solace and our voices rise in praise to your holy name. And lastly, I want to also raise a prayer and extend a prayer for a special friend of ours within the Michigan General General Assembly who lost a brother way too young at the age of 35 years old he left behind four children three boys and a girl and a wife 35 years old may you grant that family peace and solace and the financial the financial means to help her get through because they were a family that did not have a whole lot of money, but they were hardworking people and still are. So grant that family the financial peace that they need too, so they can stay in their home and uh, just help them as they go through this new chapter in their life, being forced to move forward with that, with one less loved one, which was their leader in their family. Grant them strength and guidance during this time of loss, and we pray these things in your Holy Son's name, Christ Jesus, amen. Amen, ladies and gentlemen, amen. Yeah, that that's a very sad situation, what happened there. A friend of mine, I'm going to keep his name um, private, of course, but he lost, his, he lost one brother like two years ago, he was saying. He lost one brother two years ago. Uh, to cancer. I think he was 40. He said he was mid forties. I can't remember the exact age, but mid forties, he had a cancer. They had gotten rid of it. He'd been dealing with it since childhood. 
They got rid of it, and then when it came back many years later, it came back with a vengeance and ended up taking them out. And then, of course, here's what's interesting. So the date of birth of his one brother, which was June 28th, the one, the first brother that passed away, that was his date of birth, June 28th. The second brother that just passed away, passed away in his sleep on June 28th. A little freaky. And so now I think he's left with um, one other brother, I think, and a sister, I think. But yeah, we are we are praying for that family. And uh, they did set up a, uh, I think, a GoFundMe for her because, again, he he uh, his brother had um, a- epilepsy, I, I guess. So when you have epilepsy, you can't, um, you can't, you can't get uh, life insurance because that was one thing I asked. I said, so I'm like, he didn't have life insurance. He said, no, you can't when you have epilepsy. I mean, unless you want to pay through the nose and premiums, which he couldn't afford because he had to pay for he had to pay for all the medication that went with it so when you pay through the nose for all this medication to to help keep that at bay it leaves no money to pay for premiums for life insurance god forbid in the event of uh, an untimely death do you see how corrupt this system is ladies and gentlemen they kill your pocketbooks with medications until you can't have life insurance to take care of your family, God forbid something happen to you. And they and they say, oh, but you can have it, but you're going to pay like $900 a month because of your condition. That's crap. Again, another reason why we have to assemble our states. Well, Jason, how's that going to fix anything? It fixes a lot of stuff because it gets rid of these damn corrupt institutions that do nothing but enslave us and screw we the people. And it leaves families like this vulnerable and in very sticky situations. Now, thankfully, she's got a very good community around her. I think they set it up. They set up a GoFundMe. They were trying to raise, I think, $140,000 or $145,000. Um, I think so far they got, I think they've reached almost 90000 of that goal, which is great. Because I think the goal is, is obviously try to pay for a funeral, which was like $12,000. And, um, and then, you know, to, to help hopefully pay that house off so she doesn't have to move so she can just stay in the house because she's so worried about having to leave her house. It's so it's it's very it is heartbreaking, Nancy. It is very heartbreaking. The guy's 35 years old, one year younger than me. It's my, you know, one year younger than me. And I just pray to God he does not take me out that soon. I mean, I guess if he takes me, he takes me. I mean, I really have no no say in the matter, but I guess if he takes me, I'm going to be super happy, but it's going to leave a super sad mark for people like my wife and daughter and, and others, right? Because, you know, they're the ones left behind. Like my buddy, I was talking to him yet just yesterday, just seeing how he was doing. And he says, well, I know my brother is happy. Now his family on the other hand, not so much. He said it was hard t- trying to tell my nieces and nephews, you know, that their dad, they're not no longer going to be able to see their dad. He said that was very, very tough. So I guess the funeral is this Thursday. And so if you could just do us a favor, um, keep them in your prayers, that'd be much appreciated. Um, and uh, yeah, so in fact, let me also do this too um, in case... Oh, let me see if I still have it here. Hold on. Sorry, guys. I'm trying to. So if if you do feel inclined to, to, to oh, forgive me. I said 90,000. So far, they've raised only 83,791 of the 145,000. I think 145,000, I think that is to try to pay off their house because um, again, she works, but she doesn't make enough to be able to stay in that house, you know, herself. Um, I think that's where the 145 number is coming from. But if you do feel inclined, um, I'm just trying to see if there's like a title to this. It just says Nate and Lynn with two N's L Y N N Nate 
and Lynn Camp's Family Financial Aid um, is pretty much kind of what it's called. So if you if you feel if you know if you feel inclined, awesome. Um, but yeah, it's just it's really sad to to see what happened. Just really really sad. So anyway, I hope you all have a wonderful day. Oh yeah, right here I'm reading the description as I was talking. It says yeah, the money raised would go to pay. Uh, reduce slash pay off the mortgage on the house, which would give the family some financial security. Uh, thank you for your consideration and your generous donations. And I was like looking through some of those donations, like there's like a couple people that donated like 5,000 and 2,000 and 1,000. It's like, wow, wow. You know, and everything in between from $10 all the way up to $5,000. I mean, it's just, it's really good to see the community come together there for, for, for them. But I, I just couldn't even imagine. And I'm just so thankful that I have the ability to have life insurance, you know, because I carry a policy on my own of, you know, two million and then whatever my work has that they pay for. So needless to say, if I kick the bucket early, my wife's going to Bora Bora and she's going to go grieve there in paradise. <laughs> so, yeah, there you go. Uh, there you go. But ladies and gentlemen, I hope you all have a great Independence Day. And again, true independence is not going to, you know, really be in our hands until we reassemble all 50 states remember that sure we can celebrate independence day and shoot off fireworks and have cookouts and go boating and everything else that comes with you know the fourth of july long weekend but we are not truly independent until we get our 50 states until we get our 50 states we need our de jure Republican form of government back in place. Do you understand? And if you want to know more about it, go to www.national-assembly.net. www.national-assembly.net. And if you want to hear other podcasts related to the assembly, you can find those under the National Assembly link at www.hishardline.com. You will actually also find some relevant podcasts on the front page of national-assembly.net as well. So go check that out. Ladies and gentlemen, have a great day or night wherever you're at in the world. Remember, reminder, I'm not going to be on the air tomorrow. I'll be on the air on Thursday, then all Friday, Saturday. And um, oh, I'm going to go out on a limb and say I'm probably going to be off the air on Sunday as well because we're going to be at the cottage and I don't want to rush home. I want to enjoy my fishing. Okay, so it's going to be a nice little three-day weekend for me. So, yeah, this week is a bit kind of chaotic and crazy because we have, like I said, we have our state assembly meeting and we just got a lot going on. You know, holiday, uh, I made a promise to be there for my buddy Aaron for his ministry. So I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to make a promise and not keep it. That's just not cool. So, all right, ladies and gentlemen, so just have a blessed day. And remember, don't let the topic of this conversation, I don't want anybody leaving this, this show freaked out. Fear not. The Bible says 365 plus times. Fear not. There's a reason for that. Do not fear the unknown. Put all your trust in God and all will be well. Okay? Put all your trust in him and all will be well. Ladies and gentlemen, have a great night or day wherever you're at in the world. And we will be back here on Thursday. God bless. Remember, ladies and gentlemen. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, we are firm, we are steadfast, and we are uncompromising. The enemy has crossed that line for the last time. It is up to people like you and I to hold that line. They've crossed the line way too many times, and it is time for us to stand up this republic and get after it. We got to do this for God. We gotta do this for our families. We gotta do this for America, for the voiceless. It's time to get after, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining the show.
don't forget to check out the website, www.hisheartline.com. And if you want to know more about how to get involved with your assembly, go to www.national-assembly.net. That's www.national-assembly.net. It's time to get active, ladies and gentlemen. Let's go. Us here at his, his heart line. We'll see you back here next time.